Imagine you're a big fish with a hankering for some ocean detritus. You find a carcass that's descended to the sea floor, but you're late to the party. It's surrounded by a nightmare mob of tangled noodles, making quick work of the body. But no matter, you'll just take one of these noodles for your supper. But it's not a noodle. It's a Pacific hagfish. And with your first bite, you know you've made a huge mistake. But surprising defensive tactics are essential in the sea, especially if you seek success in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a sea noodle that's as disgusting as we've come to expect from the bottom of the ocean. And from sea noodles. (laughs) But yes, we are talking about the Pacific hagfish. Oh, doesn't that just evoke beauty? Yeah. A sea hag. (laughs) I think I fought one of those in The Witcher. (laughs) Probably. Um, But yeah, let's dive right in to the, you know, the bottom of the ocean and and take a look at what must be uh, just the most glorious and and adorable uh, fish in the sea. (laughs) Pacific hagfish. Uh, But we're also going to call it here Slippin' Jimmy, which is a... (laughs) Which is a, a a nod to Better Call Saul, which Bibby's been watching periodically in the living room for the last couple months. Has she seen Breaking Bad? Yeah, like oh. five times. Oh, wow. I've never watched either would, show, but I'm I always like... I would never watch Breaking Bad a second time. Not that really? it wasn't good, it's just, it's so story-driven that it's like, once I know the story, it's like, eh. Some people love it, love it though, so... I like story-driven stuff, but I'm not a fan of stuff that doesn't have a fantasy element in it, so, <laughs> as much. It's just, I can't get into a show if there aren't uh, zombies or dragons or magic. What about blue crystals? Uh, <laughs> what? Is that the dark crystal? No, that's Breaking Bad. Oh, oh. I mean, if they're ma- <laughs> if they actually, if they're, they're magic, then yeah. I mean, well, can- some maybe consider them magic. Sure, sure. Anyway, <laughs> all this is being cut out, probably. <laughs> uh, so yeah, slipping Jimmy. Uh, we're also gonna call it here slime time. Prime time for slime time. Which is a throwback to early two thousands Nickelodeon show, mm. where they just dump slime on absolutely everyone for fun. Um, and uh, the baby Baba Yaga. Because <laughs> it's a hag? Because it's a hagfish, yes. <laughs> and also, I imagine they're the same level of attractiveness. Probably. But let's taxonomize this baby ba- Baba Yaga. It's BBY. That's that's the other droid from the new Star Wars is, is B- <laughs> BBY. It's horrifying and eats children, but we're, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it saves the rebellion. Uh, the kingdom is uh, Animalia, because you know it, you love it, you're in it, and you got to have it. The phylum is Chordata, which we'll talk about in a bit, because that's up for a little bit of debate. We usually say it's phylum Chordata. Oh, it's a Chordata. Whoa. I didn't realize. Oh, you didn't? I didn't realize it was in the Chordata, but I realized the thing that makes that contentious. 
Yes, yes. Because usually we say, because it has a spine. But we're going to talk about why that is not necessarily true. The class is Mixini. That works for me. The order is Mixiniformes. Mix what in there for you? Uh, Cumin. Parmesan? (laughs) Cumin and Parmesan. I would like you... (laughs) Whatever whatever dish requires both of those things. It's just got uh, I, holiday, like, earthy flavors and also just a pile of cheese. <laughs> cheese and earth. Uh, the order, oh, no, the, the order, the family is Mixinidae. Mixinidae of cumin. Or, like, you, you got to mix in a day off, you, you know, to keep, yeah, true. Just you to don't keep your work energy levels up. Yeah. You do need to mix in... Mix in a day. Mix in a leg day for sure. Oh, yeah. You don't want to skip a leg day. The genus is Eptotretus. Sounds like a Greek hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the species is Stouty. <laughs> Double eyes at the end. So, Eptotretus Stouty. You have to say it with some apprehension. Stouty? How, yeah, you got to have the up, upswing there. <laughs> so, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the name for uh, the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? Uh, I could not find one for hagfish. But I could find one for lampreys. Very similar to hagfish, in shape. Uh, yeah, in in shape and just the and beauty, I would say as well. Um, sh- shape and beauty. Uh, so if you saw a group of hag, no, sorry, lampreys, uh, would you call it a a halen of lampreys? B a bibble of lampreys? C a choir? A choir? Q U I R E of lampreys or d a surfeit of lampreys these are all made up words then none of them are made up actually no only one of them is made technically up. they're all made up all words are made <laughs> up yeah that's uh thor taught us that <laughs> i'm gonna go with the choir final answer is it because i spelled it no it's because it's a word that sounds like another word but it's actually got a weird spelling and i've never heard of it before so i feel like if you were gonna make up and use a word it wouldn't be a word that I would think is mundane, like choir. It's a roundabout, but am I right? Uh, you no, you're an ant. You're incorrect. Dang the answer was surfeit. Okay. S u r f e i t. Like, cause he lives in the ocean, and he likes to surf it. Yeah, that's exactly what that word means. <laughs> um, I actually made up the word Halen. It probably means something, Eddie Van. but it was just like. He, <laughs> H a y l i n, yeah, yeah. Uh, rip. Anyway, um, the okay. Let's talk about where this thing lives. Uh, it's the absolute bottom of the world, <laughs> as far as you can go. The the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, uh, which is so, the places on Earth that are closest to Hades, the Mant. Yes, <laughs> shale. Um. And specifically, this slimy boy lives in the eastern portion of the Pacific, so along the North American uh, coast on the on the west side. So, kind of down California, Mexico, Canada, not in that order. 
But uh, yeah, so just picture the absolute bottom of the ocean with lots of pressure, very cold, unless you're next to one of those volcanoes and also basically no light. So where does it live? Well, where would a where would an animal like that? Sorry, I said where. What does it look like? What would an animal that lives there look like? It's a well, it's an eel eel worm snake. Noodle. Everyone's everyone's favorite thing. Yeah, eel worm snake noodle pasta. Uh, and it has a it has a wide flat tail, kind of like um like a tadpole's tail. It, That's they're a actually cart, cartilaginous. Yes. Well, it's basically finless. It's, it's technically finless. It doesn't really count. It's just a tail that's just... Broad. Flat. And widened. And widened. Yes. B-widened. <laughs> um, so, so they're cartilaginous, like sharks. So they're not bony fish. Tuna? Yeah. Yes. Um, so they have a skeleton that is comprised of a skull and nothing else. Cartilage skull that's and nothing else. No, well, most most things that have That's bones need more need. than. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of Kiff from uh, Futurama. Actually, I don't have bones. I'm supported by a series of fluid-filled bladders. Uh. <laughs> um, we never get to hear the rest because people interrupt him. So, hagfish are actually the only animals that have a skull and no spine, but. They are calling it a rudimentary vertebra that it has. So that's why it's still technically in the phylum chordata. But all of this is up for debate because it does not have a spine that is made out of cartilage or bone. But it does have a rigid structure that goes down the length of its body. And they're saying that for all intents and purposes that functions as a spine... So it belongs in this phylum. It squeaked into the to the chordata. It got grandfathered in, really. It's it's a bit of nepotism. <laughs> but and so while it does have a skull, the hagfish doesn't have a jaw. So it's a jawless fish. So it does not belong in a Steven Spielberg movie. It actually has none of none of that. Um, instead, they have four teeth that are attached to ligaments that they can kind of latch onto things and then pull back so that food food goes into their mouths it's disgusting their priorities yeah, it's, it's just we so, trust them with authority oh deep <laughs> deep deep cut even even reliant k fans probably won't even deep notice as that. the mariana um, trench of a cut yes um <laughs> wow um if hey if you got that reference just go ahead. Just go ahead and tweet at us. We'd love. We'd love to be your friend. <laughs> any. 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 Anyone who can pull up that reference is uh, is good people. I think. Um, all right. So it also has a, a pair of basic eye spots that can perceive light rather than uh, regular eyes that can see images because you don't need to see very much when you're three thousand feet yeah. below the surface. Um, yeah. Who Who needs pictures? When you have eye spots. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, how about you go ahead and just uh, just tell us how 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 big this uh, this 
this noodle is. Well, that brings us to the Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week. No. So that means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. I can't wait. <laughs> Okie dokie. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. (laughs) It sounds like a parrot trying to imitate Kratos from the 2018 (laughs) God of War. Boy! Boy! Is that the... Uh, is that A, a Quaker parrot, B, a rock dove, C, the gray go-away bird, or D, the macaw? What is a go-away bird? I don't know. It's a gray bird, and it looks like a parrot. A, it's called a go-away it's got, bird? It's um, got dashes in that. Right, we'll go with that one. Yes. We're going to go with the gray <laughs> go-away bird. Final answer? <laughs> I'm because I'm assuming it's a sp- specific bird from some meme or something. <laughs> uh, f- final answer. That's correct. Yes, it's a real bird yeah, that's it. name is named after the sound it makes, which sounds like "go away." Apparently. <laughs> I guess. Sure. Does I think it, I, yeah, I definitely I mean, hear I'm, boy. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, it's. I mean, it's not outlandish, but I would never ever mistake that for someone telling me to go away. <laughs> uh, what actually happened was that I forgot to prepare the animals, so I looked up a weird animal sound on the fly, and I found a video that had a cassowary on the front, and I was just gonna do like cassowary emu, those, and the first one was the gray go away bird. So very specific, and it's based on the sound it makes. So it's like the the it's telling you it's a Pokemon <laughs> telling you its name. Yeah, and I probably would have gotten the cassowary because I remember That's that true. crazy sound it made. Well, let's talk about length. They are long boys. That's basically the whole deal. Uh, they're sixty three centimeters or twenty five inches. How many declarations of independence go into the length of a hagfish? We're talking about the original, the 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 one penned by Thomas Jefferson. As a draft. Here's a hint. The declaration was written by Thomas Jefferson, but it was the work of a committee the, called the Committee of Five, which also included John Adams, Ben Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston. You've no, been I watching been, the. No, I've John been Ma- reading Adams, the you? book that that miniseries is based on. Okay. Um, I have no frame of reference for the size of the Decla- Declaration of Independence outside of Nicolas Cage holding it in National Treasure. You've never seen? You've never seen uh, it? No, no, I haven't. I've have been never to, been to the Library of Congress? I've been to D.C. No, we never went into the Library of ah. Congress. Um, I don't know why. It was like 12 or 13, my family. It's the only time I've ever been to D.C. So if I go again, I'll check it out. But... um. I mean, he rolls it up like a big map. I'm going to say one. I'm going to say it's a one-to-one. Okay. You said 25 inches? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it's twice that much, um, but it's also <laughs> not. You're asking how many? Well, you're not going to throw like a decimal at me, are you? Like it's point. It actually goes the other way. It could go the other way. No, don't do this. And it could be a decimal, but where it's like you're asking me how many Declaration of Independence, how many eels, I'm sorry, how many hagfish go into the Declaration of Independence, but really the hagfish is significantly longer. But the hagfish is 25 inches. All right, go. I'm going to say one. The answer is one. Final answer? Yeah. That's pretty much correct. 1.2. Yeah. The Declaration is 30 by 24. It's almost like a square. 30 by 24, then it's... Yeah, yeah. it's a couple inches off a square. Yeah. Or six, six inches, inches off a square. Yeah. So it's, it's About a rect- half a foot. It's, it's a rectangle. <laughs> it's a re- <laughs> definitely, definitely rectangular. Uh, let's talk about weight. They're three pounds or 1.4 kilograms. How many hagfish go into the weight of a gallon of water? Here's a hint. Water is commonly used to weight things, including certain types of medicine balls and ballast. Thanks for the um, helpful tidbit about water. <laughs> I'm going to say five. Five hagfish? Yeah, I think a gallon of water is 15 pounds. That seems like it would make sense to me. So, Really? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably way off. I'm bad at this, but I'm going. I'm sticking with five. Okay. Yes. The correct answer is 2.7. Oh, I guess so, gallons, gallons of water are not very heavy. It's eight. 8.3 pounds. Maybe it's because where, whenever I carry gallons of water in, I'm carrying it in two at a time. So it just Same. feels like 15 pounds because I'm so strong. What should, do you put a thumb through one and your other fingers through the other, or do you do the pinky pointer combo? I don't, I'm not that strong. Pinky it's, pointer is great. No, thumb and the rest of my fingers. <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> you got to do pinky pointer. It's great. No, I just I can't. You, it's spaced out the jugs evenly. No, but but it doesn't matter. I can just my thumb is the most is so powerful, <laughs> and then my other fingers are just not, and so they need each other to to take care of the, the the rest of the load, and then I just kind of vice grip it together, and it works. It works wonders, like a, like a charm. Share the load. Okay. That's all I got. You got any fast facts? I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> yes, I do have fast facts. Also, I want to point out that uh, last week we did the platypus, and the platypus and the hagfish have very similar eyes. And I just, and we, that was not planned at all. So we did the platypus, and now of all of the animals, all the species of all the animals in the world, we do the one that has the most similar eyes to the yeah. one for it, and very unique eyes too. So, uh, it's crazy how things work out. But so let's talk about what it eats. The hagfish mostly eats uh, those kind of like bristle worms, those extremophiles that live in the bottom of the ocean that can't really move. Um, but they're also opportunistic scavengers that will slip into dead fish or animals uh, whose bodies have fallen to the f- ocean floor like and eat them glove. from the inside. Yeah, it's... Oh, I saw a time-lapse video of like 20 hagfish eating the, a humpback whale bo- body that had f- 
falling down. It was so nasty. <laughs> it was just a bunch of like wriggling whitish like worms just burrowing their way into this thing and and eating it from the ins. Oh, so nasty. Um, especially in the time lapse thing, those are always weird. Uh, but so they can survive for months without food because their metabolism is uh, really low. Um, so they'll gorge themselves on a whale carcass and then not eat until spring. Um, but when food comes along, they don't hesitate. They'll actually tear apart the catch of deep sea fishermen before they can drag their nets back up. And the more interesting thing was I had no idea that fishermen could get their nets down this low. <laughs> yeah, this is the, we're talking about three thousand feet below the surface. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't think that they would, they could do that. But I guess that's the technology these days. Goodness, I'm so far behind. Um, but uh, yeah, so kind of like piranhas. If you, they just they'll strip something bare if you leave it around too long. So there are actually far more females than males uh, in many of the hagfish species some species having a 100 to 1 ratio of females to males um, but there's also evidence that they can be hermaphroditic kind of like snails and stuff so they just kind of change to whatever the situation requires um which is uh, versatile and resourceful <laughs> of them and it's just tough to study these guys there's a lot of conjecture and speculation because you can't it's it's hard to get to capture them and keep them alive because uh, like most things that live at the bottom of the ocean, they don't do well outside of the crushing black of Davy Jones Locker. Mm. Uh, they kind of just fall apart uh, in regular regular uh, atmospheric pressure. So um, yeah, so that's all I got. That's all she wrote. Okay, well. Let's get into the major fact, which I'm calling... It's sticky! What is it? <laughs> uh, it's a Lord of the Rings reference. The Pacific Hagfish has several interesting facts that could be considered major, we, which we've gone over. Uh, but its horrifying maw is one of them. But as with many creature, the true oddity lies not in its offense, but in its defense. The hagfish mm. is covered in tiny little pores, like portholes on a submarine from these holes emerges a thick mucus slime yum uh the hagfish releases this slime when it's threatened or agitated especially when it seems like it might become lunch but it when it's threatened it can instantly release copious amounts of the vis viscous substance in minutes even a small hagfish can fill your standard home depot bucket Oh, yes. Copious. I don't take my slime in any other volume <laughs> other than copious. Uh, the, um, they do this by releasing proteins that coat their bodies in a slime when they come into contact with water. So, it, Which is at all times. Yeah, no, when the po protein comes into contact with water. The lexical oh, ambiguity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it is just always making more slime. Yeah, no. Because it is never not underwater <laughs> it releases these tiny little proteins that expand into this huge amount of slime right. uh and i feel like if we could like recreate this it would be fun for all ages <laughs> but they also like those little those little pills that turn into yeah 
like dinosaurs sharks and, and stuff. stuff oh so great uh they also expand into a huge slime cloud around them so there's a video of this occurring which you can click on the link on ldtaxonomy.com where researchers place bait and a camera in hagfish territory the hagfish come in for a snack and sharks and eels come in to snack on the hagfish one exploratory bite causes the predator to recoil in horror dropping the fish and leaving but the slime isn't noxious or poisonous, but it is detested by predators. Why? If it doesn't taste bad and you could have lunch, what the, what, who cares? The, a predator with a mouthful of slime can have its throat or gills clogged by the viscous liquid. Oh. The slime is clingy, and fishermen, like you mentioned, that somehow come into contact with these guys, loathe to have it attached to their gear. So it's not something you really want in your gills if you're a, you're a fish. And I, like there was another video where a guy was in a, t- a big tank with a, a relatively small hagfish and he was like handling it and it was just oozing this lick, this 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 viscous substance and like he lifted his hands out of the water and it's just all over him and it's like it's like clingy and thick, so it's not like your typical, like uh, silly putty fart farting thing, you know those things. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to use it, I suppose. <laughs> it's not like that. It's like this thick, heavy, nasty liquid, or semi-liquid. Uh, so yeah, it, it a shark will bite it, and then you think, well, if you get bit by a shark, you're done anyway. But it's just so slimy and slippery they can wriggle out and the shark is like heck no i don't want this clogging all my pores and giving me acnes and stuff yeah i know it's just terrible for skin care (laughs) especially when you have shark skin (laughs) yeah uh but i imagine that like the goblin shark and the cookie cutter shark are the ones that get bullied are the ones that and the sand shark i think those are the ones that live at the bottom of the ocean so whatever, they're ugly too. <laughs> but that's all I got. Oh wow! So not only are these uh, wriggling little w- worms things uh, horrifying, but they're also just just nasty in every sense. Yeah. And they're called hagfish. I just that's just such a good appropriate name for them. You, have you seen a video of their mouths just kind of oozing out of their face, face covered in teeth? I have not. It's like a fleshy, like little ooze that just kind of pours out of their the front of their head, and it's just got these teeth in it. It's just disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's like the it's like a oh, what's what's the animal that like vomits its stomach onto something and then pulls it's, it back? Is in. it a snail? I might be might like a slug. That that kind of just joy joyous uh, occasion. Reverse Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's the hagfish. Uh, so for you out there in Podcastia, work under pressure, keep your eye spots peeled, and use slime to your advantage like you just won a Kids' Choice Award like the hagfish here in life, death, taxonomy. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. We should bring slime to the Oscars. <laughs> we should. It's too boring. Yeah, the ratings are down not enough anyway. S- <laughs> Zero out of ten stars, not enough slime. <laughs> slime Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs>